Greetings and salutations to our lovely listeners. I'm Lily. This is Hannah. Hello. And tonight, uh, Hannah is bringing us S is for what, Hannah? S is for, wait and see, I'll tell you in a minute. (laughs) I'm going to start off with a song first. Um, So this is my link straight away to your last week's episode. So Rufus Wainwright is a gateway gateway drug. Um, You played April Fool's by Rufus, which is a Valentine's song, I believe. (laughs) It mentions Valentine's Day, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Okay, now do you recognise this song or this artist at all yet? Um, I thought I did, but now he started singing, no. Who is it? Okay, so I think, I'm sure we've talked about these artists before, and I'm pretty sure you like them. Um, I hope you like them. I like this. <laughs> because otherwise, yeah, I mean, otherwise the next hour or so is not going to be enjoyable for you, but I hope, I'm pretty sure you like them. Right, this is April Fool. Um, and it's on Grave Dancers Union, the 1992 album like from Skid Row or something. Soul Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> is it? This is Soul Asylum. I do not recognise this. So this is one of the rockier numbers on Grave Dancers Union. So I mean, they've had they've, they've got 12 albums now. Wow. Um, and Grave Dancers Union was not the first by any means, but it was definitely their most successful. <clears throat> not see this coming at all. Well, there you go. We're going to do Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's one that we should do together. I think we'll save that <laughs> for the uh, okay. for series three, perhaps. Volume um, three. Quite. <laughs> so, um, yeah, S is for Soul Asylum, and this is April Fool. So again, it's um, what kind of this, did you say? Grave Dancers Union, the 1992 one. You will definitely recognise some other songs of that album. Yeah, I will come to you. Don't in a you moment. think it also sounds like Skid Row could have done it? It kind of does. It kind of does. Yeah, it's got this that song, hair rock vibe. Yeah, and there was a lot of hair. Dave Ferner had a lot of dready hair at this yeah. point. You know, though, like in the reality of those days, he just he just we'll looked like he hasn't well. dragged a comb through it yet. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, y- yes. Like they weren't cultured. I, I remember kids used to go into Brighton and get like warlocks, like purposefully. Yeah, done. they were they were kind of Adam Jurrett style dreads, Quash. I think. They were matted. Who Dave Fernie, you mean? Yeah, I mean they were dirty dreads. They were. <laughs> no, I don't think you washed them very often. I mean, sorry, Dave, if that's if that's not true. What are you? Yeah. You're not they were a grungy. Band of the white boy dreads. They were grungy. <laughs> grungy, yeah. It's well, like, like, it wasn't like, cultural appropriation then. <laughs> No, you know fine. what it was? It was crusty. <laughs> it was crusty, yeah. Proper crusty hair. Yeah. And and for anyone who doesn't know what a crusty is, were you even born Check out the Lazarus. <laughs> in the Gen X <laughs> area? Do you not remember the 90s? In Brighton, a crusty was someone who basically drank all the cider and then thrown up on himself in his hair. We've talked about this before, haven't we? And you were explaining where crusty came from. Yes, that was quite a while back yeah so i can't remember <laughs> i think it's safe to say dave is a bit of crusty yeah dig back in the vault <laughs> maybe you'll find that particular <laughs> nugget which i have completely erased from my memory so anyway dave perner and his crusty dreads were from minneapolis minnesota so um he started playing trumpet in third grade and uh started playing the tennis racket guitar as a youngster and then in 1989, sorry, 1981, he formed a band. 
So originally they were called Loud Fast Rules and it was Dave Perna on vocals and drums, actually. So he also self-taught uh, drums. You Phil Collins. I've just got that Cadbury's Gorilla in my head now. Um, Dave Mur- yeah, Dan Murphy on guitar and backing vocals. Carl Mueller on bass. Um, and then a little bit later, Dave Perna switched to rhythm guitar and vocals instead. And they brought on Pat Morley on the drums. And they then renamed themselves Soul Asylum. So that song, April Fools, that you've heard uh, is your Soul Asylum equivalent of, of, of Rufus's Valentine's April Fools. <laughs> kind of similar theme, I think, as well. He talks about being an April Fools for you. And you know, he likes he likes a lot of wordplay, does Dave, which we'll we'll come to. Um right, let's put on another song that might surprise you as being by Soul Asylum. So this is called Heavy Rotation which is from their album Hang Time, which was an album that I bought after I discovered Grave Dancers Union. Because obviously, as you know, things were very different then and it was difficult to find out, you know, much about an album, a, a band's back catalogue without physically going and... Like you'd spend that 13 quid. Exactly. Only to find that you did just like that one track. And exactly. And you'd be in our price. You'd be or... burnt, yeah. Yeah, Capitol Records on Marla oh. High Street and, you know, fingering through Marlo. the CDs. Marlo. And- <laughs> Marlo. Anyway, right, so it's good. I'm going to take you kind of a little bit through the Soul Asylum chronology. I will focus mainly on Grave Dancers Union, but we'll touch on a few other things. Okay, so, um, yeah, they became Soul Asylum in 1983. They toured, they were a really hard-working band, still are a really hard-working band. So they toured really, really hard in the early years, and they were support acts for bands including Huskadoo, Ooh. Uh, and kind of, as far as I can make out, were kind of like a little brother of Huskadoo. Um, you know, also from uh, Minnesota. So, I mean, as you can hear, there were a kind of mix of punk and hardcore and seventies rock, and a bit of country. Yeah, definitely getting a Kiss vibe. Yeah, yeah, really kind of like. Yeah, kind of rock, a glam in there yeah. as well. Yeah. Deeply so, rough. Quite, <laughs> quite. Um, so they're originally signed to Twin Tone Records, which I think was a Minnesota label. They put out three albums on that. So 1984, they're an 80s band. So 1984, they started. They had their debut, Say What You Will, Everything Can Happen, which was produced by Huskadoo's Bob Mould. And that was originally released on an LP and cassette as a nine-song EP. And then they re-released it, which again was one of those, you know, Capitol Records uh, finds of mine, um, the re-release I had, uh, which was then renamed Say What You Will, Clarence, Carl Sold the Truck. And that had an extra five tracks on it that they'd missed off the God, original you, recording. You've just given me such an old feeling 90s teenage vibe of finding that like, oh my God, this is gold. It's like finding treasure, literally. And then you had to wait all the way home, which was usually quite far because you had to go to some kind of city-type outlying, you know, you lived in the booms or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was torture. I used to have to get the stupid bus back, uh, usually, to Brighton. Uh, from Brighton, and it would take about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how annoying people were getting on yeah. the bus. And you'd just be like, oh, please, just get me home. I can't bear it. Yeah. Reading um, every single Thing on the, the liner notes, yeah, the lyrics, the if they had them, were so oh, exciting. If you got the lyrics, that oh. was like the just pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Oh my god, especially for a band like Soul Asylum, their, their lyrics are something special. 
<laughs> thought they were really so deep exciting. back in the day. Yeah, you and just that- <laughs> totally reminded me of just that exact yeah. feeling. We'll, we'll come to this, but listening to some, like re-listening to some soul asylum lyrics now, I get the feeling. Did you ever read like Catching the Rye? Yes. By Daily Salinger. My like, dad says it's his favourite book. It, it, it's, it is one of my favourite books still. But, you know, I, I reread it maybe five years ago. And and I did the same with On the Road. You know, Jack Kerouac's my you know favourite writer. I did like my master's oh, on the Kerouac. On, on the you and Kate McGarrigal, girl. Oh, we got that in common. Yeah, I don't think I, for, I forgot to tell you that, that Kate McGarrigal wrote a musical, but she never finished it. And it was called Jacques et Gilles. Oh, wow. And it was about Jack Kerouac's... Quebecois roots. You definitely should have included that. I did forget. Of course, that. take that on the. That was a shout out spider-gram. to Hannah and her <laughs> massive love of Kerouac. Love it. Okay, hang on, you throw me now. Sorry, where was yeah. I? But anyway, Soul Asylum. Yeah, no. So, like, yeah, looking back at listening back to some of the lyrics, I, 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 I'm reminded of that feeling that I had when I reread Catcher in the Rye. And was just a little bit disappointed that I didn't feel, I don't know why I found this surprising, but I didn't feel the same way that I did when I read that at like the age of 14. That's <laughs> why I've never reread it. It's just That's like, exactly why. Because yeah. I'm scared to. Yeah, don't. No, don't. You will be disappointed. He's it just a horrible to the teenager in you. Absolutely. And you're like, oh my God, he's so right. He's Absolutely. just like speaking my language. And yeah, this is like the best book ever, yeah. ever written. And on the road is the same. I read that a bit later. I was, you know, probably, I don't know. 50s. It was my art, my my school art teacher that introduced me to the beats and you know reading on the road at the time. It's also romantic and bohemian, da, da, da. and I still love it. I still think it's a fantastic book. Um, but again, reading that in your later years, it's just like, oh, you were really irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy you comes with your out for a long time. For goodness' sake, call your mother. <laughs> going out of her mind. You worrying. never grew up quite, quite. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Into the Wild as well. <laughs> Eddie Vedder wrote the score. Anyway, um, right, where was I? So Heavy Rotation, that was from Hang Time. Uh, and yeah, like, as I said, I, I had that album. Um, and again, it was that thing, like, it was very difficult to find out how many albums a, a band had then without the internet. So I remember being really excited, you know, finding that, and they played that loads. I didn't enjoy it as, you know, as much as Grave Dancers Union, but I did play it a lot and was completely oblivious to the fact that they had another, like, five or six albums before that as well, because if they weren't in your record shop, you didn't know that they existed, really, did you? How did you feel about that, though? Because I kind of feel like I dreaded that, finding that out. What, that there were more albums that you could that have had that was- didn't? Well, no, that there was 10 albums, which usually was an indicator to me that I probably wasn't going to oh, like okay. them. <laughs> <laughs> Not because know. I didn't think the I... fact that they've only just come to prominence. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly where I read this, but it was an A&R guy who said, all bands should realise if you've been around for more than a year in a city where clearly you are going to, you're going to get A&R people coming to see you, you know, if you play regularly. Yeah. If you haven't been approached by us, it's Give not up. because we haven't heard you. <laughs> Yeah, okay. But don't keep doing the same thing. No, he wasn't saying give up. He was just saying whatever you're doing at the moment is not saleable to us. So if your goal is to get a record deal through us, which a lot of times it is, yeah. it certainly was in the past, and maybe it isn't anymore, but like definitely 10 years ago and then back from there. And I've always thought that's just a very interesting... Wrong in the case of Soul Asylum. It wasn't like. something I read, actually. <laughs> I think it was... It was a guy who was an A&R who told me that. Well, I'm not necessarily that true. Thing. Did I dream it? Or- no, 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 I did not dream it. <laughs> it's true. But well, do you know what I mean? So if yeah. you've got like this huge back catalogue, but yet 
the world has only just found just out give about up. them. Give up. No, it just means <laughs> that they're probably not brilliant albums was all I was going to. It's not like people are going to go, oh, my God. The yeah. world has been deprived of your genius for I get it. 15 I get years. You. Quite. But in, in the case of Soul Asylum. You were like, get in. Yeah, I'm glad. Albums. I'm glad they persevered. But know? did you like the albums? My I, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't revisited them. They're cat, aren't they? Since. <laughs> they're not cat, and I'll play some of it. But <laughs> score one point B yeah, and our guys. There's a reason they like can't names. <laughs> successes. Tell that to Paul Pazell. They were around for years. Where are they, they now, it. Hannah? Where are they now? Jarvis <laughs> is still going strong. Come on. Anyway, moving on. Right. So yeah, I keep going back to Heavy Rotation, which played ages ago now. But the point of that song, so like ended up being quite prophetic. So it is, it is, you know, related to this conversation that we're currently having. Because obviously Heavy Rotation is when a song is put on a playlist, so it's, you know, prioritised and gets, you know, loads of airtime. So at this point, so that came out in 1988. So I, I, you know, obviously we're not quite into the 90s yet, but bear with me. So they were on the brink of, you know, breaking through. But the song's about, you know, how they're being pushed hard and, you know, the song's kind of rebelling about against that. And Dave Perna said about that song that after the band made Grave Dancers Union, it became really hard for them to get a song like Heavy Rotation on a record because people then were kind of like, you know, as as you did, you know, like, what the fuck is that? You know, Heavy Rotation doesn't sound like a song, never mind sound like Soul Asylum. And it does sound... Cack. <laughs> did you not like it? I think it sounds, you know, pretty I'm, I'm grungy. You, um, you know, it's not the refined Soul Asylum of, you know, later <laughs> albums. But Sorry, I'm just... Anna, but I'm on drink too. You I know this happens. You, like this you know what happens. I'm also on drink too, so I'm gonna get you good. Anyway, I'll be anyway. crying to the dulcet tones of Dave by the end of this podcast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well. We might mention here that I've just I've just had a, a, a bottle of uh, of Modelo, very lovely Mexican beer. I know I back like to my do, roots. We yeah. don't talk about what we drink as much as we used to. Come on then. So what are you drinking, Lily? I'm drinking uh, all of it. Rhubarb and gin, <laughs> rhubarb and ginger gin, and some tasty Mediterranean tonic water. Um, by the wonderful fever tree that Hannah brought. It's very nice. And I, actually, I'm going to thank my Children's friend Jen, delicious. who I know listens to this, uh, for giving me that time ah. before she before Cheers, she Jen. left uh, left the uh, the fair coast of Brighton and Hove. Um, anyway, so well, try it with the Horters gin from Lidl, Jen, with those Mediterranean tonics. It's delicious. Mm, Fully nice. recommend. Right. <laughs> I need to get through this song. <laughs> this podcast is not about this song. I'm just going to play the next one. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> now my Spotify is frozen. So, okay. What's the next one? Oh, I didn't know that was the next one. Okay, yes. Okay, so you this didn't one. didn't know then. <laughs> we're, so in this, we're still on Grey Dancers Union. This is the last <laughs> song I play before we get to Grey Dancers Union. So this, I think you'll like this fact, actually. So this is called We Three. And this is from another album that I did. I must have found this after Hang Time, although it had been released a long time before I bought it. So this was, this is called We Three, and it's from their 1990 album, And the Horse They Rode In On. And seven years later, it was used on the 1997 Chasing Amy soundtrack. And Dave Perna also wrote the score to that film. And Really? Yep. And I will come on to some Kevin Smith stuff uh, a little bit later with another song. Uh, but yes, 
There's another link. Dazed and Confused. I was so, just about to yeah, say. They're chasing Amy was Joey, Lauren, Adams. Do yes. you, oh, oh, I get her confused with, um, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Who was in Empire Records? Really Nick famous. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. Oh, no, I know what you mean. They're she looks kind of similar. Kind of squeaky little voices. And their eyes always look yes. like close. And like the blonde really hair. And, yeah, they, they look, look similar. similar. Yeah, they yeah. really do. They're in fact, I had to rewrite this note because originally I I was going to say, you know, Renee Zellweger from Empire Records. And I realized, no, it's not. It's a different woman from a different film. Kind of, <laughs> very cute chip monkey thing. Exactly that. Happening in the, the nicest possible way. In the be- Yeah, that is yeah. not in any way just Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, this is from... This is We Three from... And the horse they go riding on, which was also on Chasing Amy. That's a good name for now. <laughs> Oh, it's good, isn't it? Good. Yeah, okay, thanks. I'm you positive. and your horse got rode in on. <laughs> so, this was 1990. We're in the 90s now, okay? But the album didn't sell very well, which I think is unfair, because it is a good album. And Dave Perna started having hearing problems at this point. I think he had tinnitus, but it was so bad that they did actually consider disbanding. Fortunately, they didn't. Uh, at this point, they were also drawing quite a lot of comparisons between like the sort of pre-Nirvana, Minneapolis and Seattle bands. Um, the scene that wasn't, you could call it. <laughs> you could, you could. Um, and they, 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 they did do really well locally. Um, and, you know, and, and a little bit internationally, um, but they still weren't kind of, you know, mainstream. They, they weren't in heavy rotation on, you know, US uh, radio stations and stuff. Then, Murphy, um, the guitarist, and Dave Perna. Should I call him Dave or Perna? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Dave is Dave. Good. Dave, okay. You seem to be very familiar with their work, and therefore you have earned <laughs> the right. So Dave, Dan and Dave, uh, they started doing some acoustic shows as Murphy and Perfinkle, which I think is very cute. Wow. <laughs> and That's then the they got signed. So then they got signed to Columbia Records. And then Greg Johnson's Union comes out. Okay. <gasps> I just realised who Dave Perner is modelling his voice on. Who? Tom Petty. It is very Tom Petty. Yes. The most Tom Petty is. Really song. is. It's a beautiful song. Even the the whole the whole track. But like just his voice as well. Of course he's not singing now. Of course he isn't. Of course it's the <laughs> instrumental. Brilliant. Just your dulcet tone, please. Okay, so Great Dancers Union came out in 1992. 76 weeks it spent on the Billboard chart. Got triple platinum by 1993, which made them one of the most successful rock groups of the first half of the 90s. So there you go, the first half. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was the kiss of death, wasn't it? You had this super successful first album, you just knew Quiet. what was going to happen, what was Quiet. coming. So did you have Great Dancers Union? I didn't. So I definitely had it. They um, still have it, in fact, on my CD shelf. It's one of the ones that you know, made made it through the car. Made the grid. So, uh, yeah, the album cover, I didn't know this. I love the album cover, but I never looked into it. Uh, but the cover photo was by Czech erotic art photographer Jan Saudek. Um, and it was called Fate Descends Towards the River Leading Two Innocent Children, which was taken in 1970. So... Uh, pretty grim. Sounds <laughs> dark. I'd rather not know that fact, but can't be unknown now. Anyway, this is Somebody's Shove, first single off the album. 
Do you know where they're I, open I don't. And I looked it up and couldn't find it. It didn't look too hard, to be honest. But no. No, well, I mean, it's you know? also, it's no. not like codified or anything. No. No, I just, I wondered if there was like a, a story that they trotted out. You know, when, if you watch enough interviews with any band or performer, then you end up just hearing the exact same stories. Because, of yeah. course, the interviews always ask me the same things. Weird. It's so weird that you say that. Because I had exactly the same thought. Why isn't this, like, one of the number one facts on Wikipedia? Yeah, Or songfacts.com. <laughs> the only sources that so I'm like, really we're, like, basically pre-emos. Yeah, it's not one of those ones. Is that, is that the things. kind of vibe? They're the pre-emos where they're so... Maybe. It's caged in an asylum and can't get out. I mean, they went from loud, fast rules. Also, I don't know what that means. Loud, fast rules to subs on Every time you said hang time for the album, I was thinking of hanging with Mr. Cooper. Do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) I never watched it. It looked awful. My brother loved it. He's a massive fan. I feel like you could not make that TV show now. I feel like it. I've never seen the show that hangs out with the students way too much. How I Met Your Mother and Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I I don't know. How I Met Your Mother's fun more recently. Yeah, I know. But I kind of, for some reason, I kind of think that's the equivalent. Of the nor- like the nine the noughties version of the nineties hanging with Scooby in my head. I don't. I've never seen either show. No, <laughs> it makes no sense. He was ex yeah, basketball, like basketball. Yeah, yeah. I can picture the you know the high jinks ensued. Yeah. No, sorry. Why are we doing Saved by the Bell? Sorry, Greg. Back, talking about crappy nineties TV shows. Can you fill a podcast with Saved by the Bell? Next next series. Anyway, before Somebody's Shove finishes, so it was the opening track on the album. Um, and, and first example of you know the, the fantastic lyrics that Dave, our friend, is responsible for. Grandfather watches the grandfather clock, and the phone hasn't rang for so long, and the time flies by like a vulture in the sky. Suddenly, he breaks into song. I'm waiting by the phone, waiting for you to call me up and tell me I'm, I'm not alone. So I've no idea what the song's about. I don't know if it's the grandfather. <laughs> that is bursting into song i don't i don't know obviously the somebody to love like somebody to shove is like a play on somebody to love i imagine whether it's the jefferson airplane or the queen version i i, I don't know but yeah interesting have you ever given that any thought i was thinking it's a bit teen lyricy. yes <laughs> like this is my point this is my this it's catching the rye <laughs> and there are so many lyrics like this that at the time i thought oh yeah that's that's clever <laughs> now it's just like oh that's because rich. you were 13 but wait until we get to misery and that's just a that's special but we're not there yet so anyway uh before the next song i was just gonna say oh the video for this. Have you seen the video for this? No. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch right. it. So no, no, no. Well, I mean, it's not a spectacular <laughs> video. It's not a bad one either. But the reason you should watch it. So it was directed by Zack Snyder, who um, also directed Dawn of the Dead and loads of like superhero films, like Batman, ba- Batman and Superman, Batman Return. I don't know, like a bunch of those. But um, in it, it's got. Like a lot of it is like, you know, like sort of studio footage of them just kind of rocking out. But Dave's got his, you know, matted dreads. He looks hot in it, really hot. But he does wait, this thing. Wait, 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 wait. You thought Dave Perner was hot? Grave Dance, 1992, Dave Perner. Really? And I'll tell you why. Because he looks like 1993 Eddie Vedder. 
No way. It's the, a bit, but it's, <laughs> watch this video and you will see what I mean. He does that. You know, 93 when, Feder is not good. That's the short hair. Oh, drunk, sorry. 90, slightly uh, chubby, 94 but pissed better off Feder. Okay. 92 Feder. 92. Okay. Yeah. Same year. <laughs> God, I'm getting, I've had too many drinks, getting my Vedas mixed up. But you know the thing <laughs> that all Vedas of all years yeah. do with, like, you know, when he does that sort of almost boggle eyed thing, like when he, like, yeah. particularly like, you know, screaming at his lyrics. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, you know, for for the benefit of the listeners who can't watch us, he's the intensity. Yeah, like he's pushing the mic into the ground, and he's yeah, like the king in his last moments. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And Dave is doing exactly the same thing, and he's doing things with his hair, and it's just it's Eddie Vedder. It's not just any you know, nineteen ninety two. Are you saying he's aping him? Well, it's nineteen ninety two. Who came first? Definitely Vedder. Chicken or egg. <laughs> Well, remember Soul Asylum are an 80s band. Bad Radio was an 80s band. Not the same. Not the same. Yeah, sure it was. No, no, Nobody no, no, knew. No, no, no. Good Luck Joe or whatever their a, band was that, called outside that was of Minnesota. Punk, not rock. Uh-uh, that. <laughs> anyway, I think, I think that possibly Dave came first. Are you serious? You're telling me you think better copy Dave Perna. No way. Uh-uh. I don't think Perna copied Vedder, though, either. Maybe they're just brothers from another mother. I don't know. Maybe they're real brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they could We're be. We're going to break the story right here tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he didn't know who his dad was for a long time, did he? Anyway. But now we've seen a photo, you kind of know that uh, Vedder's dad is definitely that dude because he is his double. Have you seen a photo of Dave's dad? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, there you go. I have not. <laughs> but Chicago isn't exactly next door to Minnesota, <laughs> unless it is in my geography for Air America travel. It was a long time ago, but air travel had been invented. I'm actually going to Google this. I'm now really worried. <laughs> I okay. Don't, I don't think we've got any listeners in Minnesota, but if I'm so, wrong, I do apologize. I've got it in my notes. Eddie Eyes and also Adam Jurits, Canton Crows. And I'm going to come back to Counting Crows quite a bit, I think, in relation to... Uh, I see why. I can, I can absolutely... Anyway, right. So the next single uh, of Grave Dancers Union, also directed by Snyder, who did the Somebody to Love video, is this one, Black Gold. Do you Sorry, Black dude. Gold? I've just got to jump in here and say... I'm, I'm, is it true? I'm horrified to discover that <laughs> Minneapolis is actually really quite close to Chicago. I thought you were good at American geography. I'm okay. the one that's terrible. They're not next door neighbours and therefore I am vindicated in what I said. However, <laughs> they're literally one state over from there's Iowa and Wisconsin, like on either side. So if you went through either one of those states, you would get to. Right, well you need Illinois. to get on ancestry.com. Oh, you love your genealogy, <laughs> don't you? Figure it out. Okay. Report back next um, week. <laughs> I don't know if we should bust Dave Perlin's life or his dad or not his dad whoever that person okay we don't have to make it public you can just whisper it in my ear next time right okay black gold um this is about the first gulf war black gold meaning oil (laughs) sorry of course what else have you found it's true isn't it it's true Oh man, he, he looks like Axel Rose these days. And when I say he looks like Axel Rose, he looks like Axel Rose now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he does. I, I, yeah. Sorry. I said he was hot in 92. He's really not now. Yikes. And nor any better. He reminds me of someone else as well. It's going to come to me. But Adam Jurist. No, I thought this will be fun. I'll give you a quiz on Dave Burnham because I've got you. the Wikipedia page open. I'll tell you who he looks like now. He looks like Neil Young. Yeah, I can see that. 
Yep. Yeah. I, I, I better not say anymore or I might get sued. Yeah. I mean, Anna, he's not age question. Like Brad Pitt. What's, what's David Ferner's middle name? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Antoine? <laughs> literally. Oh, my God, you're so close. <laughs> what? That is so weird. It's Anthony. Oh. Sorry, Anthony. Oh, well done. That was really weird. Well, you said he was an April Fool, Hannah. Is he indeed an April Fool? Is he born on April first? No, but he's born in April. That's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing my research for me. <laughs> this is brilliant. I'd never have thought to include all of these fascinating facts. <laughs> you know, um, you really can't listen to a band unless you know what their middle name is. So you're welcome. <laughs> Oh dear. Thanks. Sorry, poor Hannah's uh, got about 16 pages God, of I'm not I? helping. Yeah, Black Gold. Do you remember this? It's quite big at the time. I wouldn't have been able to put a name to it, but it does sound familiar. Okay. So, yeah, it's about Gulf War. Two boys on a playground, metaphors for the US and Iraq. <laughs> Again, really profound. I'm cringing. <laughs> David, what were I, you thinking? Actually, I think, I, think, I think I've talked over the really cringy bit, but there is like about halfway through, there's um, like you can hear sirens and screams and like news reports and stuff. So, it's all very dramatic. But anyway, would you like to know what Dave thinks about this song? Sort Dave of Anthony. Hides? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Anthony, Picklewinkle, or every <laughs> Can't remember now. <laughs> no, I need to find out. It's going to bug me now. Picknickle. Picknickle. No, no, <laughs> that's wrong. Sorry, I didn't say it. Anyway, so he said, he told Pickle Dick. <laughs> oh, no. Perfinkle. Oh, we were close. It's a bit like Perfeffle, isn't it? Like Boris Pfeffel, Johnson. Pfeffel, isn't Pfeffel. it? Yes. Pfeffel. <laughs> Pour me another gin. So you know um, Boris Johnson's middle name. That's interesting. <laughs> Clearly I don't, do I? I got it wrong, but you do. Uh, do you know why? <laughs> are you related Who to him? Who do you think you are, episode? Thank you very You're much. related to him on Ancestry. You, no, you know, I am absolutely he's related not related to Eddie Vedder. No, okay. <laughs> no, he's related to the German king, right? They are, they are very true. Yeah. Anyway. Enough of <clears throat> Boris. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually um, reeling that we've managed to somehow involve Boris Johnson in a Soul Asylum <laughs> podcast episode. I think I think we get points for complete randomness. Well, we were. It was a political song. Well, um, that's why then you were planning on doing that. All. Yeah, I mean, two boys on a playground could be a metaphor for. I don't know, Bojo and Dominic Cummings, perhaps. There you go. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> I've impressed myself at how current it's beautiful. I am. Right, okay. So in 2013, I can't even remember what this quote's about, but I'm going to read it out. <laughs> Dave told Songvacs about Black Gold. Here's a song that I wrote 20 years ago, although now it's nearly 30 years ago. Uh, that was begging people to grow up, and I guess it doesn't happen. People just try to stay the way they are, and that's unfortunate. To that effect, I just keep on singing the song. The song does not present an answer, but I think that it's something that people need to be reminded of. So there you go. Oh, and they went on to say, I had no idea how adaptable this song was. There you go. It is about Boris and Dorian. It comes. <laughs> it can be interpreted as something that's more micro and macro. I tend to take these things from a personal point of view, where it's two boys on a playground, and at that time, it was an obvious reference to political leaders going, my dick is bigger than yours. 
There you go. It's definitely about Boris Johnson. Forget Boris, it's about Trump. <laughs> oh, that's true, really, yeah. No, he's gone now. He's gone. Don't talk about him anymore. I know, and you just know that... Uh... Right. So you mentioned... Did you mention David Lee Roth? Or have I just I did. made that up in my head? Okay. I'm, I'm not, not dreaming. I did. Right. Well, the, the video was directed by David Roth. <laughs> <laughs> it was not David Lee Roth. <laughs> but now this may or may not be interesting to you. Because I can't remember. No, did you watch Cheers? Oh my God, I love Cheers. Oh, okay. Well, George went to his norm in yes, Cheers. Yes, I know. And was in that video. So there you go. Get the self to watch the video. You're talking about music. <clears throat> Cheers music always makes me cry. Really? What's the music? I don't know. Oh, you know. I, I didn't really watch it. You want to go where everybody knows your name, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. You know, I can't, say, I, I can't do no. this, but taxi music. Oh, the Hill Street Blues music. You wouldn't let me play that like, that week that <laughs> I'm still holding a grudge about. Play it at the end of this oh, if you the want. the Golden Girls tune. Oh, I'll come. come I don't know. I get choked. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> and uh, what's, oh, God, what was the other one? that um, Where All the Cowboys, what was that? In? Dawson's Creek. You love that one, don't you? I do like that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Family Ties, and I was going to confess that I indeed love Family Ties. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to write that down because I have I have got a link to Family Ties. Oh, I'm not going to tell you it yet. That is and, and the Golden Girls, in fact. I, I think you're going to hate it when I come to it. Oh, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, the Black Girl video was played a lot on MTV. I, I think they put it into heavy rotation. Maybe that's why it sounds familiar, but I don't remember the. Yeah, you probably, yeah, because you did get a lot of access to MTV, didn't you? Very jealous of that. But anyway, because it was played on MTV quite a bit, um, the record company, Columbia, I think, uh, gave them a big budget for their next video, which definitely went into massively Ooh, I might know what it is. heavy rotation. So, of course, I'm not going to pretend that this was not the song that got <laughs> me in Salt Asylum. Obviously, it all started. Everybody hit. knows this one, Chief. Exactly. So they did have quite a bit of a cult following before um, before Grand Dancers Union, and you know by hang time, like they 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 were pretty successful. But this obviously and Grand Dancers Union did pretty well before Runaway Train was released as a single. Hanging with Mr. Cooper <laughs> every time you say it, I can't help it. <laughs> oh. So yeah, the album came out in '92, but this didn't come out till June '93. So I think ah. it was the third single off the album. So it had sold pretty well at that point, but this just made it you know go crazy uh, it was number five on the billboard hot 100 got the best grammy no it got the grammy for the best rock song in 1994 uh, and that went to perna dave dave perna david anthony perna yes <laughs> as the songwriter i mean i just say like really soul asylum is dave perna. like none of the original members uh, are still in soul asylum Oh, is he, for various is he reasons. still? So it is him, and he's, he's still, still doing that. Still trotting them out. Yeah, last one came out uh, 2020, April 2020. Wow. Under um, Solar Asylum, not him. As Solar Asylum. So the band is still together, but he's the only original member. Curious. Well, there are some reasons, which I will get to. Um, <laughs> I feel like this might be a long one. Right. Um, yeah, so just, Perna, no, just cut that big chunk out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to like this stuff. You like this band, <laughs> damn you! I've started, so I will finish. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Dave didn't. Um, he didn't attend the uh, Grammy ceremony because he. <laughs> this is quite wanky, but it was the nineties. He was washing his hair, and everyone knew was like, "Do you really think he washed those locks?" I'm saying, obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, he he didn't attend because he didn't like the idea of proclaiming one song superior to another. <laughs> 
So, guess who accepted the award well, on his behalf? Winona Ryder. Uh, no, but we will get to her. <laughs> Meatloaf. Oh my. <laughs> Did me so basically he forced a legend to go up there and say a bunch of claptrap. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm beginning to actually ferment a hatred for Dave. No, 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 I don't. Dave, I no, he's grown up. So anyway, the song. Did you realise? God, I love this song. Oh, sorry. Carry on. No, carry on. No, 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 no. What do I realise? No, I'm just going to say many, many female artists' careers have been purposefully tanked by the industry because yeah. they dared to say something against the industry. But Dave Perna just disappeared into obscurity because his album but you know what I'm what I'm trying to say is I never even heard that story before. Why am I hearing that story for the first time in 2021? Because well, I mean, it happened at the Grammys. No, yeah. but like, why was that not common knowledge? Meanwhile, everyone to this day still talks about Fiona Apple's acceptance speech um, at the VMAs in what 98. Well, I don't know this for a fact, but it could be linked to the fact that this song was a, about depression and about. Dave's depression so apparently it took quite a few years for him to finish writing it so it first had very different lyrics and it had a, a refrain laughing at the rain <clears throat> which he knew was too similar to Neil Cicada's laughter in the rain so apparently he had the tune in his head for a long time but it wasn't until he went through a period of depression that the kind of you know, the runaway train depression metaphor sort of came to him and then he wrote the lyrics in a single sitting and then you'll be familiar with the video. You remember the video? Vaguely. Was it like sepia or something? It was, well, so the, 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 the I don't watch the video actually. It's horrible really watching it. I mean, it, was, it wasn't comfortable watching it then, but it's all, um, so it was directed by Tony Kay, who um, is the American History X guy. Uh-huh. So it was his idea, although obviously he directed the Soul Asylum video before that. And it was his idea to use photos and names of missing kids in the video and to do oh, it in the style of yes, a... Yes, you yes, remember, yes, yeah. I remember them. So he did it in like the style of a public service announcement. And then at the end of it, Dave says, if you've seen one of these kids or, or you're one of these kids, please call this number and it's got like a missing kids like helpline thing. So wait, so they decided... So he wrote the song about depression. Yeah. They decided to make the video about on the nose yeah it's about runaways it was yeah so, so it was weird. a really literal interpretation of runaway train runaway kids nothing to do with the actual meaning of the song but this k guy you know proposed it and the band were up for it because they were like well yeah you know and it's going to help a good cause and, da, da, da. and um in fact i've got another quote here by dave he said i've been searching for meaningfulness not meaning meaningfulness in the mtv world the tool of the video seemed like either just a raw promotion piece or just an opportunity to send a visual that isn't really relevant. I don't need to see a visual representation of free bird to understand what a free bird is. I don't really understand what you're saying there. Okay, but <laughs> but that's not the same as changing the entire meaning of your song. No. So I think, you know, they're, quite, the upfront. they're quite upfront about the fact that the, the subject of the video is nothing to do with the subject of the song. But they were like, yeah, let's go for it. If it's, you know, going to help, let's go for it. And it did help. Do you know what I mean, though? If you wrote something about your own mental health that you'd suffered with, and then the director went, listen, guys, I've got a great idea, okay? Now your song's called Runaway Train, yeah? Yeah. Go with me. We do it about runaway kids. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so amazing and looking after kids. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't a great little tool for that. But if it really was about your depression, darkest moments, would you say... 
Well, as I understand sure. it, the way you've described it is exactly what happened. <laughs> I just feel like he's saying one thing, but he's doing another like he's... Yeah. And I think they've admitted like, that. Hey, I don't want to be like famous because I wrote like this bitch and song that everyone really likes. And then it's like, no, but yeah, if you think we should do that, we should just totally abandon the real meaning of the song and just go with well, your commercial idea. Okay. Okay. Let me put it this way. I, I'm not disagreeing with what you say, but going back to your Rufus Wainwright episode and the video for April Fool's, I believe it was. Yes, wasn't it? Was it said that video was describing a different song. On the same album. And that mm. video was actually a promotional video. And not released as a single. Ah, okay. Anyway, I'm not Dave. All right. Don't <laughs> shoot the messenger. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> shooting, I'm not shooting you. I'm just doing a Leon Herring. Ah, uh, uh, uh. That's fair. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> My, the right opinion. Even if it really <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. Anyway, but the, the video did pay off. Like loads of the kids that were featured yeah, were found. I mean, quite Good a job few Dave doesn't care in, about commercial success. Yeah. I mean, you know, a few of them were, were found not alive, but the kids, yeah, lots of the are kids you, were oh, Are you saying that, like, that was all done <clears throat> thanks to Dave? Well, so one story, so this is ugh, this is horrible. So no, Paul, no, I don't want to hear about deaths or anything. Tell me a nice story. Okay, got I went nice to uh, Yeah, I mean, like, quite a lot of the kids were, were reunited with their families. And then outside of the US, there were different versions of the video put out that included local kids. So, you know, even more were found, um, of, uh, you know, after that happened. Um, but did they say it was like directly because of that video? Yeah. Like the kid actually saw the video sort of thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And because this helpline was promoted and stuff. So, yeah, you know, it did um, it did some, some good. Anyway, should we put some more music on? Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, Runaway Train, you know, sort of shot up the start, the charts. And then they went on a... Is the music playing? It's not, is it? No. Oh, there we go. Um, they uh, they went on MTV's Alternative Nation tour, which was a 56-day tour with Screaming Trees and the Spin Doctors were nearly included in our One Hit Wonders episode. That would um, be such a weird gig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 56 dates so they were playing shows nearly every night can you imagine how exhausting that would be um god is this the right song okay no this isn't what i thought okay this is without a trace which i've included because the title track they've got the bread dancers union comes from this song and again it reminds me of counting crows murder of one because that song references counting crows right. which quite nice. I think that's the only reason I included this. In anyway, um, yeah. So around that time, yeah, they, they did lots of TV appearances, including the 1993 MTV Video Music Awards, which we really should cover. Isn't that like the Guns N' Roses, Nirvana one, and like yeah, lots of shit like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also that that you don't hear about so often. Um, they played Runaway Train with Peter Buck of REM. There we go. REM referencing. Marlo and REM in the same part. Yeah. Nicely done, So it was Runaway Train with Soul and Peter Buck and Victoria Williams. Okay, so actually I'm going to skip without a trace because it served its purpose. Oh, God, I've got these all in Without a trace, which weirdly went on to be the name of that TV show about people who go missing. Oh, I don't know that one. Link. I don't think I want to know about that one. And but it good stars link. the guy from Empire Records who plays Joe. And oh. Tanila Palia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Still don't want to watch it. Sounds depressing. Anyway. It was good. <laughs> okay. 
Right, sorry, my players all in the wrong order. It's throwing me. Okay, but this is Summer of Drugs. And this was on the Sweet Relief Benefit album for Victoria Williams. Yeah. Well, you know the song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've probably got the album, haven't you? So Victoria Williams, she had MS and um, she had no health insurance. So Sweet Relief was a benefit album with loads of artists performing her songs. And you'll definitely know this. Um, Pearl Jam's Crazy Mary was on that because Crazy Mary was written by Victoria Williams. Um, also on that album, again, another Counting Crows reference. Maria McKee did a, did a song on there. So there is, there is a Maria, Maria, Maria McKee had up Maria. relationship in the course. Yeah, I knew there was a reason I knew that. Um, yeah, which also brings me to Adam Juritz shares that kind of dready Dave look as well as the fact that he dated some hot women. So Adam Juritz, Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, I Dave Perner, Winona Ryder. Dave, yeah, I was going to say that probably Adam Juritz and Winona, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it you know it probably me. happened. But Winona Ryder and, and not Adam Juritz, who are we talking about? they met at that MTV Awards uh, and they were together for three years which of course but also Evan Dando he was proper punching there wasn't he no because he was hot then that was hot he was still then. punching was she was like the hottest girl of the early 90s yeah she was yeah he had no business so anyway also on Sweet Relief was Evan Dando with his frying pants on and then of course Evan Dando and Dave Perna both in reality bites with True. Winona Ryder. Beautiful. Love it. <clears throat> we really, really need to cover reality I bites. <laughs> we didn't do it? No, we did. And we lost that episode, remember? Did we? I thought we Along did with Pulp Fiction. And released that. I remember the Pulp Fiction. No, we lost them both. Oh. We lost them both. God rest their souls. Really? Someone is dancing on their graves. <laughs> That's terrible. That's like a Dave Ferner lyric. <laughs> We can be united in dancing on the graves of our misrecorded episodes. Anyway. Unrecorded episodes. Unrecorded. Unrecorded. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, oh, Backbeat. Another link. We always end up talking about Backbeat, don't we? Dave yeah. Perna was in the Backbeat band, along with... see Yeah, Mike Mills of R.E.M. and no. the Afghan wigs. Yep. He was in that, that Why was I talking about it? Remind me again. Oh, I'm God. like fourth gen um, now. Uh, I know the answer to this, don't I? Yeah. Oh, oh that's that dude from the, Judgment Night. Wasn't yeah, it? Judgment Night. What's that guy's name? And it also came up somewhere else. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Baby Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Baby Stephen Dorff. <laughs> Maybe we should do a Batbeat episode as well. Just get it all out of our system. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'd have to talk about the Beatles a lot. Yeah, and when I think about the Beatles, I can't help but blame them for Oasis. And then my heart right. turns cold. Now, obviously, we love Reality Bites. And what's that other 90s movie that we absolutely love that we have covered in a two-parter? Single. Single. So, Dave guested with a lot of artists around this time, including Paul Westerberg of Singles fame, nice. amongst other things. Okay, so that was Summer of Drugs. And actually, I thought I'd play you. I thought it was a bit unfair to just play the Soul Asylum version. So the original Summer of Drugs is this. By Victoria Williams and I think you'll like this um, it's beautiful 
and the opening these these are really cool lyrics you know i think dave dave was stretching things a bit listen to this i know this song but i didn't have that album so sorry maybe i know her version why would i know her version um do you have any of her albums no oh was she on like um, check them out she wasn't on the Thelma Louise soundtrack or anything was she? I don't think so she just she it sounds like she was you know anyway oh, did you have that um, there was also a sweet relief for Vic Chestnut that she was on no I think maybe that did you say earlier that Dave Perner didn't want to call a song something because he thought it sounded too much like a Neil Sedaka song uh yeah the runaway yeah runaway train the bit about laughing at the rain sounded too much like laughter in the rain it's just so weird that you'd worry that you'd be compared to neil sadaka of all people you know and don't get me wrong <laughs> i love neil sadaka okay i've got all the time in the world but what you say random that <laughs> i just suddenly had a kind of Maybe my he brain was basically just spat it back out at me, and I was like, "Did you say like literally twenty minutes ago? Did you say Neil Sedaka?" <laughs> maybe it was. It's maybe it was like, like he's like Liberace. Maybe he's worried about copyright infringement or something. Maybe he's worried about being sued. No, actually, Neil Sedaka um, started out his career writing songs for other people with Carol okay. King. Actually, oh. he wrote "Oh Carol" for Carol King, and they worked for the same office, churning out songs for artists to record in New York. Okay, so he might actually come after you if you tried to rip off his lyrics. Maybe it was more of a suing worry. That could be your answer. Okay, so that is Summer Drives by Victoria Williams. Now, the other one that I wanted to, again, we're going off um, Grey Dancers Union, but this, I've talked about this song. So this is uh, Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye, but um, I mentioned this in passing and couldn't play it to you because the the version, the version that's on the No Alternative album that I was talking about in our A oh, for yeah. Automatic for People and American Music Club and No Alternative uh, isn't on Spotify. But I found this because it's on um, a live album <clears throat> that they released um, in 1997, which is called After the Flood, live from the Grand Forks Prom, uh, which was recorded in June 1997. It was a benefit gig for a prom for two local high schools who were affected by um, a flood that happened, the Red River Flood, which hit the city of Grand Forks in North Dakota. So they did this benefit and it was in a, a hangar at like a, a local, a nearby, uh, what you call it, Air Force base. North Dakota's near Minnesota, I just saw that on the map. Okay, well, that makes sense. But yeah, so this was on the No Alternative benefit album. So they've been involved in quite a few benefits. Um, and I used to play this a lot on that No Alternative album. Right, okay, going back to, I mentioned um, that Dave Perner became friends with film director Kevin Smith, who was a long-time Soul Asylum fan. So Soul Asylum contributed music to well, Dave to uh, three Kevin Smith films, Clerks, Clerks 2, and Chasing Amy, which I've already mentioned. And then Smith directed the video for this, which is Can't Even Tell, which was on the Clerks, the original Clerks soundtrack. And the video featured Jay and Silent Bob. Love them. We call them Clarks in this country, don't we, Hannah? Mm, Clarks. It's a Clark. It's a big Clark. Clark, Clark. Why do we do this stuff? This is why America hates us. <laughs> Although I will say they do say herb. Yeah, that's 
it's yeah. got you know why do they say it in the french way i don't know there's a couple of other things they say in the french way but then they make fun of us when we is it originally is it originally a french word well french for herb would be herb herb <laughs> yeah i don't know I just found that very interesting. It doesn't explain eggplant and aubergine, though, does it? Uh, or courgette, courgette and, and zucchini. zucchini. Yeah. Or basil and basil. <laughs> anyway. In fact, I think a rocket and arugula. <laughs> you meant like spaceships. No. I think there's no other way you can say that word. And I think um, another herb. <laughs> it's called a different thing as well, I can't think of what it is. Oh, um, think of basil right yeah, now. is it? Is it? Parsley is something else, is it? Or, um, cilantro. Yes. Is, uh, what is cilantro? It's that stuff I don't like that tastes like Coriander. Soap. Yeah. Love coriander. <laughs> so good. In a guacamole, which is not guacamole, <laughs> as you know. Americans. I do like it in stuff, but you know when they put bits of, of coriander in salad and you unsuspectingly eat a, a big old raw piece of just the plant in the no, salad no i hate that but i do understand you because i wouldn't mind it with coriander at all i can eat coriander by the bunch full but the yeah. other day i was out and i had a jug of pims very british beverage no, pims which didn't. you must drink with pims with with mint uh, and they put dill it. in it now dill what? is the devil's herb i no, hate no, dill no, 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 with no, a passion no. it's the only herb i dislike that's gross yeah it definitely does not belong in a pims what else they don't sell pims in america Shame. Maybe we should start importing, I know that exporting pims. Well, my husband and I took it over um, to my mother-in-law's yeah. a couple of years ago, and uh, everyone loved it, but I'd never had it before. Yeah, my family take it back to Mexico as well, so it doesn't exist in Mexico. It forced me to look <laughs> into, everyone was like, what alcohol is this, Lily? And I was like, it's pims. <laughs> uh, AKA, I have no idea. I had to look it up. It's gin. Weird. Anyway. Oh, God, I don't know that. Yeah. Wow, I'm blind. No wonder you love it so much. <laughs> British in us. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was Can't Tell. Right, okay. I think we're nearly three songs to go. How far in are we? Is this like the longest episode ever? Oh, you're still under an hour. Okay. All right. So you may recognize this ditty. Oh, we're going to have to listen to this for a bit. These lyrics are special. Loved company. <laughs> Did you know that? No, you're not predictive, Dave. It's fine. No, no, Predict- wait. Predictable. Listen. <laughs> Did you hear that? So let's start a company and make misery. <laughs> the frustrated Incorporated. <laughs> That's not bad. Frustrated Incorporated is pretty good. At the time, I thought this was clever. Now, I can't listen to it without. I have seen people Maybe who have way. incorporated as misery loves. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to hand that to them. Yeah, that's good. So we now we're fast forwarding a bit. So this is actually off Let Your Dim Light Shine. Let Your Dim Light Shine, which is the album after Road Dance as usual. But um, okay, so yeah, going back to Soul Asylum, not having any of the other original members in it anymore. So during the recording of Grave Dancers Union. The producer, Michael Beinhorn, grew dissatisfied with Grant Young, the drummer's uh, work. So he brought in Sterling Campbell, who was a session musician that played with loads of people, all really well respected. And he and Campbell ended up playing on half of the record. But the band didn't really want to admit that they had a session musician. 
So Heath Campbell was just credited as being a percussionist. Rude. Quite. Uh, and then Young stayed with the band uh, to, to tour the album. And then... How embarrassing. Yeah. But then he was sacked. And he was officially then replaced by Campbell, the jazz musician. Super uh, Before they recorded this. Yeah. And then this went back. I mean, it wasn't as successful as Grey Dancers Union, but it still went back to him. And mm, this thing they David him. Yeah. 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 Very Lovely. similar. Mm. So it still went top 20. Uh, and this song, Misery, was used in the sequel to Clerks. Clerks. It was in. No, you're Clarkson. right. I mean, it is Clerks. Clerks. <laughs> I don't even know what's right anymore. It is clerks. So yeah, this, no, I just wanted to add for our international audience. But. You're making us really popular with our international audience. You just say in Britain, we say clerks. But I don't know why. Okay, clerks, clerks. However, uh, however you prefer. This no, song. it's clerks. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I've established that. I need to Stop saying it. <laughs> right. Have I finished that sentence yet? Yeah, I think I have. Have I? <laughs> I may have said the same half three times. That counts for not saying the end, doesn't it? You brought the good tonic. <laughs> I'm afraid I have to blame you for this incident. Oh my god. Anyway, what is this song about? Can you guess? Is it literal enough for you? <laughs> You're covering your mouth and you think you look like you can wait yourself. I'm just, no, actually I do need to go to the toilet. <laughs> 57 minutes. I, I promise I will shut up. I will. Okay, right, nearly there, nearly there, we're busy. So, uh, yeah, this song's, you know, like, by the mid-90s, the alternative scene had become, like, quite corporate, um, and lots of bands were pissed off that they were, you know, finding themselves constrained by the music industry. Misery was feeding the machine, you know, obviously, people like Kurt Cobain. Um, it didn't work out very well for them. And Soul Asylum were already kind of trapped in that cycle. They've been around as we discussed for quite a long time like a decade before they really hit it big they didn't listen to the a r men but <laughs> told them to quit he didn't he um, just said change it up <laughs> they didn't fortunately but anyway they got this you know all that newfound success which solved their you know financial woes but caused lots of new problems and you know they they were always a very hard-working band but even they were finding the touring just you know relentless and they got a lot more success, but you know the, the 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 fan base was you know was was shallower. It was people like me who loved Runaway Train and you know Grow Dancers Union and didn't really know anything else. Um, and uh, yeah, so this song basically is about that frustration. And the video um, is basically like they're visualizing that factory that's making misery so it's a pressing plant that's making lots of copies of the cd single um yeah so they're having a go at the record company and the record company didn't give a shit because you know the song was a hit <clears throat> so they were feeding Loving the machine faces, uh, <laughs> they were railing against they were raging against the machine and columbia were like yeah thanks um and it was their second biggest single after runaway train right <laughs> so this is the bit with the uh, the links that you're not necessarily going to like because in 1996, on his album Bad Hair Day, <laughs> <laughs> why do you reckon it was named that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, so uh, a bit on the nose, Dave. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm joking on a bacon fry. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is Syndicated Incorporated by Weird Al Yankovic. Not his perfect. best song at all. I think it's actually a pretty crappy parody. No, it's perfect. It even sounds like him. It does. It's yeah. That's it's so like weird. That. But yeah, so this he's turned it into a thing about watching TV reruns. So he mentions it's better. Actually, we can just listen to this bit. Okay, you'll like this. Oh no, we missed it. It was in the first verse. Damn it. <laughs> just tell me what the lyric is. <laughs> in the first the nice one over him. In the first lyric, he, he says MASH and all the family. We talked oh. about MASH last week, didn't we? Linked to Loudon. So there you go. But there's also so the video has like footage of Happy Monday, Happy Mondays, Happy Days, uh, Mork Mindy, Dallas, Dynasty, Golden Girls. Uh, what was the one you mentioned? Family, family ties. ties. I think that was in there as well. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't talk about Misery without including the Weird Al version, unfortunately. Yeah. But Dave quite liked it, so he said... It's good. I think I think it's one of his weaker parodies, personally, but I'm glad you like it. Oh, I mean, he's just totally ripped. <laughs> but, uh, do you know who else liked it? Dave. Well, if you weren't listening, like if you didn't know it was Weird Al, and they put this on the radio at that time in the 90s, honestly, I think people would have been like, oh, this is good. Do you know what? It kind of reminds me of... Um, maybe... Fountains of Wayne or something like that. He's got that kind of There's someone, yeah, something. Or Weezer, maybe Sandpit Rivers. Yeah, even like Blink One Eight Two. Dare I say? Yeah, it's that kind of. Yes, it's that vocal, isn't it? Like yeah. in the old French accordion there too. Nice. Sounds like yes. an accordion anyway. Is it? I think it is an accordion. I'm getting yes, Emily flashbacks. It is. It's definitely an accordion. It is an accordion. But yeah, Dave liked it, and he said, when we got signed to Twin Tone Records, that was the, the very first like Minneapolis label that we were signed to. Oh, in fact, he said that. The local label in Minneapolis. I was like, this is it. I've made it. It's the big time, baby. You've done it. And I've never had that feeling again until Weird Al covered my song. It felt like, wow, I've arrived. It's the perfect way of describing my sense of humour. Yes, I was very honoured. So that's nice, So it should be. Weird so, Al yeah. doesn't just cover everybody, you know. Syndicated Incorporated. So, um, yeah, then after that, they had uh, another album, Candy from a Stranger, which didn't do very well. So they were dropped by Columbia Records. Um, and Dave said um, you could see the whole grunge rock thing getting oversaturated and people wanted something new, which, you know, probably true. fair comment, right? So the man took a step back. And then really sadly, uh, a few years later in 2004, the bassist, um, Mueller, was um, diagnosed with throat cancer and he had treatment. And then and uh, the band did a benefit at uh, the Minneapolis Quest nightclub. Um, and so that was Soul Asylum with other bands, uh, the Gear Daddies, uh, Paul Westerberg again, and former Huskadoo bandmates Bob Mould and Grant Hart, who haven't played together in, thir- in 17 years until they played that gig. Oh. And they raised over £50,000. Um, and at the time, um, Mueller was actually in remission and he did play as well um, in that show. But then the cancer returned and he um, he died uh, at home in June 2005. Oh, that's horrible. Um, yeah. Sorry, my phone has uh, frozen and I don't want to be playing this song yet, but never mind. Um, <clears throat> right, Go with uh, it. Go with uh, it. Yeah, this is the last one. It's fine. 
This is Ryan Stone Cowboy again from that After the Flood live album that I was talking about. And I've only put it on because this was going to be like the outro when you were going to talk about where people could find us. <laughs> um, but uh, I haven't quite finished. So, yeah, in late, just to finish the sort of chronology, uh, in 2005, ex replacements bassist. Have we talked about the replacements a bit? Maybe yeah. in relation to what? Can't remember. But anyway. So the extra placements bassist and former Guns N' Roses bassist, and we have definitely talked about Guns N' Roses and are you for Use Your Illusion, maybe that's so, right. uh, Tommy Stinson and the former Prince, who was also from Minneapolis, uh, drummer Michael Bland joined Soul Asylum. So in that lineup, they finished touring their The Silver Lining album in late 2006. And then fast forward six years later in 2012, guitarist Dan Murphy retired from the band to focus on his private life. So Winston Roy replaced, um, sorry, then, yeah, so he retired. Then Winston Roy replaced Tommy Stinson on bass and Justin Charbonneau replaced Dan Murphy on guitar. So now we have a completely different lineup apart from the stalwart, Dave. Um, oh, and then someone else, Ryan Smith, replaced Charbonneau in 2016. And then finally, in 2020 of last year, Hurry Up and Wait, their 12th studio album came out. So still going a lot. During lockdown, um, they did like lockdown sessions on YouTube, I imagine it was. And yeah, they're still still playing. And hopefully we can catch them on tour at some point because they were going to tour Hurry Up and Wait. And obviously that was cut short by the pandemic. You're looking at me like you're going <laughs> to that one on your own, mate. <laughs> Anyway, this is Rise on Cowboy, and um, also Campbell. yeah, Glenn Campbell. Also on the um, on that same live album, they've got a lot of covers on it that are brilliant. So they've got Johnny Nash's "I Can See Clearly Now," Lulu's "To Sir With Love," Alice Cooper's "Schools Out," uh, and the Miracles tracks "My Tears." I actually um, love Glenn Campbell. I've been I love this playing track. this song over and over. Wow, I've just admitted um, Glenn Glenn Campbell and Neil Sedaka on the same podcast. Um, episode. They go, they sound even better in songs. I love it. So there you go. That's me. I'm done. Thank you, Soul Asylum. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, you luscious dready locks. <laughs> For your crusty do. Crusty do. Don't forget that umlaut over the crusty do. Over the U. <laughs> that could be the name of our second album. Oh. Funny Lou and the crusty Lou. Why are you getting? Are you getting the hairdo? <laughs> <laughs> giving up with hairbrushes. Oh, I've been there, done that. The flow, man. It wasn't cultural appropriation. No, I never had dreads. I had braids. You can't culturally appropriate a crusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called being a lazy fuck who doesn't ever brush their hair. <laughs> it's utterly different from dreadlocks, which is an entire cultural situation. And by the way, he had looks tidy though. and gorgeous and amazing. I think Dave did white, actually have deliberate The white boy crusty he do is a very different Yeah, he didn't maintain them. <laughs> anyway, where can people find so us? We're allowed to say, you know, the crusty do is, is neglect. It's not by design. If you know yeah, what I, mean. I wonder what they looked like when they were fresh. It must have looked fresh to a crusty, honey. <laughs> That's his pre-crusty No, thing. they must have been fresh. I think I, were, I think he went to a salon and had them done and then just neglected them. No, no, I, I totally disagree with you. I really? think he looks full of neglect. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be asked. Ness. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you could um, on Instagram or Twitter. Oh, Twitter would be good. We need to make it our mission to find out. at him and ask him. 
did you purposefully do that to her or was it just wanton neglect? Yeah, or you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. You know I can't tweet. Because <laughs> I mean. I've only just learn. retweeted one thing and I'm not even actually sure that happens. Anyway. Oh, anyway. If right, you David's ever want to listen to us chatting <laughs> about anything ever again, please, uh, please do. We usually drop a new episode every Friday. Uh, we do that through Anchor FM. You can go to the Anchor FM uh, site and you can leave us a voice message. And if you do, we will play it on on this very podcast. Um, you could even have the distinct pleasure of being the first one to ever do that. So that could be interesting. Or let's see now, you could email us, society owes me a Gen X podcast at gmail.com. You could visit us uh, at SomaGXP on Twitter. You could visit our Instagram, which we try and uh, do most of our work in, don't we, Hannah? We do. Lots of, of pics, or at least we attempt that. So that's Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast too. So it would be cool if uh, we could catch up sometime. Anyway, thank you, Hannah, for a lovely pod. Bravo. And uh, I guess we will be playing something out here, I I hear audience. It's supposed to be a neat transition into School's Out live, the Sun Silent <laughs> version. It's nearly <laughs> out, isn't it? We're like four weeks away. It's like every parent does this. They get so excited near the end of term, like, yeah, no school run, not thinking. Now what are we going to do? The reality of six weeks of, oh, shit, now we don't have any actual structure to our day. And also nothing's open, so we can't date them anywhere. Hopefully things will be open by then. And then, yeah, three weeks into into school holidays you're pretty much ready to take them back (laughs) in the nicest way love you kids (laughs) on that note we're out yeah thank you and goodbye good night Yeah.